Good morning. It is uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be with all of you. Um, I'm excited for this morning. We're, uh, we are uh, kicking off a new series, but if I had a chance to meet, my name's Joe, and I'm uh, one of the pastors here along with Alyssa, and uh, it's a, it, is, it is just a humble joy to be with you. I hope that today I'm going to share a little bit of my heart, a little bit of what's been up at the church, and then we're going to open up a few scripture passages and reflect on those. And my, my prayer is that in, in everything we, we share with you, that, uh, that God would just take the words that I have to say and, and, and somehow, in a mysterious, supernatural way, transform them into something that you need today. So that's, that's my prayer and that's my hope for you uh, this morning. We are kicking off a new series called Good Questions, but before we get into the series, I wanna take a second and give you an update on the life of the church. Um, in fact, we're going to spend quite a bit of our time this morning, about half or so, uh, talking about what God's been up to at Central City, and the other half will jump into the series. Now, as, as far as a church update goes, um, it's something we're going to do uh, periodically um, in the next couple of weeks, and then every couple times uh, throughout the year, just to let you know in some specific areas of our church what's going on, and, and so you can celebrate, and you can pray, and you can be aware. So today we're going to talk about uh, local missions. Other times we're going to sh- update you on our finances, we'll talk about small groups, talk about family ministries and children, things like that. So just have a little bit of a church meeting. If you're new with us today, this isn't necessarily normal, but I think you'll, uh, um, maybe it's arrogant to say, I, I think you'll find it interesting, but, uh, and I hope that you do. Um, as many of you know, uh, here at Central City, we have uh, kind of three core values at this point that's been kind of guiding our conversation. Um, those are dynamic worship, intentional relationships, and risk-taking mission. We really try to fit everything into kind of these three things. Um, Now, these uh, values aren't isolated. They're not meant to be lived out in isolation. Um, We don't try to do worship, and worship during worship, we're not about relationships, or or during missions, it's missions and it's not relationships. Really, the idea is that all of these um, inform and impact one another. Um, Now, they all have kind of different specific areas, um, but we believe that they should really inform one another. So, Sunday morning worship, there should be time for relationships, and uh, the summer is here, and we're able to open those big doors, and I saw a bunch of people hanging out, and that was awesome. Um, but also, missions should be about relationships, and relationships, like our small groups, that should be about worship, and that should also be you know, serving together. So all of these play into one another. So uh, today, though, I want to update you a little bit on local missions, or our area, our primary area where we do risk-taking mission. Our local missions can really be divided into three initiatives at this point. As you know, we're a new church, and so we're still developing kind of what this looks like. But our three initiatives are the Avondale Place, Hello Neighbor, and Celebrate One. I'm going to give you just a brief, uh, what I'm going to call a brief update uh, on each one of these. You can decide whether that was an appropriate adjective afterwards. Um, The first one is the Avondale Place. Um, You know, when our launch team got together initially, we knew we wanted to have a local mission focus. You know, we talk a lot about missions happening on the other side of the world. We knew that as a church in Columbus, there was great need and opportunity to do something amazing. So we decided we were going to focus on on either a particular ministry or a particular neighborhood or like we wanted to zone in, zero in on something. And we ended up deciding Franklinton would really be our local mission focus. Our our launch team was a big part of making that decision. I'm, I'm sure the fact that me and Alyssa had moved to that neighborhood was a big component, but also a number of people in our community um, either work or have relationships or connections there, especially people that were on our local missions team. So we kind of zeroed in on local missions. So um, as United Methodist Church, which if you didn't know that, we're United Methodist Church, we have districts and conferences. So we went to our district and we said, hey, we're planning a church in Grandview, uh, but we're going we're gonna to have our local mission focus be Franklinton. And, and, and two minutes into that conversation, the district superintendent was like, well, do you want a building? And I'm thinking, uh, no, not really. <laughs> 
Like, I, I'm not, I mean, and so, we, but we decided to explore. So I went and I saw the building and uh, uh, Avondale United Methodist Church and I walked through it. And my first reaction, honestly, was, no thanks. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I just didn't think as a new church, we could like take on this sort of conversation or project of like a church building that's in disrepair. Uh, the congregation had shut down. Um, they needed to find some future use for it and, and, and to put energy into a building that we're not even going to gather for worship in. You know, like it's, that just seems kind of like a tough sell. Well, at the same time, we had been getting meeting with community leaders in Franklinton and finding out what some of the needs are and what some of the opportunities are. And, and they had heard that this congregation at Avondale had shut down, that this um, Avondale place, uh, this Avondale United Methodist Church at the time, was going to be vacant. And um, one of the things we learned is that uh, empty buildings that get boarded up are a liability um, in this neighborhood. It's a major problem, and it creates all kinds of ripple effects. And so there was this sort of like this quiet outcry amongst some of the community leaders like, hey, it would be great if that just didn't end up another boarded up building. And so we realized that just by finding some use for it, that we could actually do a great service to the neighborhood. We could address a very apparent need that just kind of fell in our lap. And so we began to vision for the possibility of having um, um, shared space and turn it a little bit more into like a community center type thing and find other organizations who'd be willing to use the space who are already doing great work. And at this point, we have a couple of people who are using it. So we have two churches that are using the space. One is a predominantly African-American church, and one is a Spanish-speaking church, and they use the space on Sundays and Thursdays. And then we have Women Crafting Change, and this is an organization that works with women who uh, struggle with traditional forms of employment. They take up our entire third floor, and they have all of these uh, crafting tables and sets, and um, we actually did some work in their room, and they're still active. In fact, they just launched a new product. They're like... Um, body lotion of some sort, but they almost like come in like balls. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not fluent in that world, but it's like a thing. And um, they're pretty cool. And they gave me one and I gave it to Alyssa and that was points for me. But um, um, they're a great organization. The other organization that's in the space right now, um, they're actually occupying the old pastor study, if you can imagine, is the Coalition for the Homeless. And they also run street a speech magazine. So if you've ever been like in the short north or downtown and someone's tried to sell you a magazine, you're like, hey, is this legit? It actually is legit. Street speech is a is a workforce development program. It gives people who are homeless the opportunity to, to do something to work and to sell. And that magazine is produced in a building that we oversee. Isn't that, isn't that kind of cool? Um, so they, they write it there and, and Shannon uh, runs that program and she writes the articles a lot about issues relating to homelessness. And um, and then the their various vendors um, people who typically are homeless or were take it out and sell it. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Along with that, we've uh, used this as pretty much a warehouse for donations. We've received uh, dozens of donations from desks to furniture to firewood to baby supplies to formula to diapers. And there's this big space of probably about 17,000 square feet just gives us lots of room to drop off donations, sort them, and then get them to people who need them. And so that's probably one of the biggest assets that it's been for us is having just a central location where we can gather stuff and then uh, get it to people who need it. Now we realize though with Avondale is that uh, this building has uh, been experienced deferred maintenance and requires quite a bit to um, upgrade it and really make it a, a nice building. Um, there's all kinds of interesting little issues with an old building that, that has fallen in disrepair. Um, and it's really kind of too much for a small new church for us to take on. So we've been looking for a strategic partner. The goal was always to find a way for this building to have a, a neighborhood 
uh, a use um, in, in Franklinton. And so we've been looking for a partner who'd be willing to invest in the building and take on some of the financial uh, burden in exchange for using the space. We, we actually found an organization that's interested in that conversation a couple months ago, and we've been engaged in conversations um, on behalf of our district. See, the building itself doesn't belong to us. It belongs to our denomination. We're just facilitating conversations. It's a fun little middleman place to be. Um, and uh, it's a unique ministry to the neighborhood. So we're in conversations with our conference and our district with this organization and finding a way where we could have a win-win situation where someone would be willing to come in and invest a significant amount of money into a building in exchange for using the building, essentially maybe like rent-free or you know a dollar a year or something. And then at the same time, we can still keep using it, which in my opinion, sounds like a real win-win. That's one of the conversations that's happening. I have no idea what's going to come of that. So just that's, that's me candidly sharing that with you. Um, and I just invite you to pray about that. Um, and I'm not sure what'll happen if it goes through. I'm not sure if what'll happen with the building if it doesn't. It ultimately isn't our building. So when push comes to shove, it's not, it's not our liability. I don't know if that it puts you at ease, anyone who's concerned with those things. But uh, we are trying to find a way that we can refrain from it being boarded up and, and, it, and allow it to be a blessing to the neighborhood. So our second initiative is Hello Neighbor. I'm not sure if that was brief, by the way, but that's, that's what's going on. Our second initiative is Hello Neighbor. The whole idea behind Hello Neighbor is this thing that you can't, uh, you can't love neighbors you haven't met. I don't know if you've thought about that, but you can't love neighbors you haven't met. And Jesus says, love your neighbors. And if you haven't met them, how are you going to love them? And every new relationship starts with something as simple as hello. And so it's really just this focus on what does it mean to serve and meet and build relationships with people, especially people in the margins. So uh, this really kind of encompasses all of our relationship-based service, uh, specifically in Franklinton, but just in the city as well. Um, it involves things like our volunteering at the food pantry, our week of service we did last year, and the one we're going to do uh, this fall as well, um, the opportunities that we do to serve with Celebrate One, as well as our Hello Neighbor class, where we really digged in deep on what does it mean to build relationships with people who are different from us. We had about 15 people take that class. Many of them are here today. Um, and I, I even asked for endorsements or feedback on the class afterwards. My favorite one was uh, from somebody I'll remain anonymous. And uh, he said, uh, uh, he said um, it's a great, um, it, the class was uh, important and disturbing. So, um, yeah. And, and, it, and it was, we really kind of dug into some major issues of like um, poverty and abuse and, and just a variety of stuff. But we really kind of want to understand what it's like to struggle and how we can better love people. Now, we have some big news in this area. We um, received special funding to bring on somebody who's going to help us coordinate volunteers, our ongoing volunteer opportunities this summer, as well as organize our week of service. So we received special funding from our district to do this. So we are hiring. Um, we have hired a summer intern, and she is going to be here next week. She's actually been attending church uh, the last couple of weeks, and uh, um, so you maybe bumped into her, but uh, she couldn't be here today. She's going to be here next week, and we're going to actually have her come up and share a little bit of her heart and what she hopes to accomplish this summer. Uh, she's going to be an amazing asset. We're just really excited um, about uh, her op the opportunity she's going to have to lead some volunteer things. And then we have one more element that's in the works that will be kind of the next step for Hello Neighbor, really moving from just volunteering and um, just learning about poverty to actually helping us as a community build relationships that can help people 
uh, lives be transformed, both ours and those who are in need. And we're really excited about these early conversations with somebody who's um, interested in helping us launch a very practical program that would accomplish this. So uh, be on the lookout for that in the coming months. Our final initiative is uh, Celebrate One. Celebrate One is actually a citywide initiative uh, started by our mayor to address this really kind of uh, sobering reality um, that, that many children in Columbus um, uh, weren't making it to their first birthday. Um, uh, this happens predominantly in, a, in, a, in about a dozen neighborhoods, and Franklinton is one of them. And so they developed this uh, uh, program to really help um, address this uh, significant issue. You know, people are really excited about Columbus. Um, we see great articles about how our economy is growing and booming. I read an article about how people in New York, from New York City want to move to Columbus and how we're really relevant and there's great churches. But I don't care how good we look on the outside. If we as a city, as a metro area, have children who are dying before their first birthday, there's a problem, right? That's, that's, un that's unacceptable. The issues related to that are everything from not knowing safe sleep practices to not having access or motivation to uh, stop smoking and premature births, and it's just a you know inadequate housing. There's a multitude of facets that play into this number, and so the city wanted to do something about it. So we're involved in this work in two ways. Both of them are in partnership with Bottoms Up Coffee. If you haven't been there in Franklinton, I recommend it. It's a great little place in Virginia, and Josh, who... Uh, who started it are, are amazing people, and we partner with them in two ways. First, we partner with them by hosting a community health worker. This is a really unique program that was actually started um, by a Methodist church on the south side, Church for All People, was kind of like where this idea was birthed out of. The idea was really simple. They said, if you're going to spend money training someone and equipping someone to address the issue of infant mortality, why not invest in someone who already lives in the neighborhood? See, what happens in, in a lot of struggling neighborhoods have seen this over and over again, where a city program or a nonprofit program will come into a neighborhood, they'll invest for a couple of years, their program will end, their funding will end, and then they'll go on with their lives, and, and, and long-term change isn't possible. So, so the people that originally asked was like, well, well, what if you did this instead? Instead of bringing people into our neighborhood, what if you took people who live in our neighborhood already, moms, dads, community members, and trained them on this stuff, and then when the program ends and their time with the program is over, they still have all that knowledge. And they're still telling people about how to get to resources, how to connect with WIC, and how to, you know, what, what does it look like to have a safe sleep environment for your child. And so they did this. And so all of the community health workers through Celebrate One are local. They live in the neighborhood where they're serving. So we hired two people. Uh, we interviewed two people last year in partnership with Bottoms Up. And uh, we ended up hiring one. Her name is Jamika. And that's her job. She went through intensive and uh, just amazing training through OSU. She's now a certified community health worker. And uh, she has learned what is, how to help women of childbearing age and their families connect with resources that are available. When her time with us is over, she's going to retain all that information. She'll most likely continue to live in the Franklinton Hilltop area. And she'll continue, I guarantee you, knowing her, um, uh, continue to invest in people. So that's one way we partner with them. The other way we partner with uh, Celebrate One and with Bottoms Up is um, we, um, uh, we are helping uh, host two community baby showers and one first birthday. These are community events organized by um, our health workers help organize it and they usually have a couple hundred people come to them. And the idea is really simple. 
The event has all of these tables and vendors, all of the resources that are already available. Women who are struggling or families who are struggling uh, with children under the age of one, and, and there's resources already available. They just oftentimes don't have the relationships or the connections. So all of these vendors that can offer resources to help people are in the space. And what happens is uh, they go to these different tables and every table they have one of these conversations. They learn about safe sleep. They learn about WIC. They get signed up for these different resources. They get a stamp and each stamp gets them raffle tickets to win things like strollers and uh, diaper bags and Stuff like that. Everyone goes home with something. But it incentivizes them to have as many of these conversations as possible. We're expecting a couple hundred, um, hopefully, uh, come to our first one, and then we're going to hold a first birthday in the, in the summer, and then we're going to hold another community uh, baby shower um, in the fall. And so we're still looking for volunteers for this. The first one is actually next week on Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm going to be there, kind of. I, I've, uh, I've volunteered to drive the 15-passenger van we have access to, and so I get to um, um, driving to the, the Van Buren shelter and picking up women there and taking them to the event and then driving them back. I'm doing multiple trips. I'm, I'm going to be a shuttle bus driver, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I just like, I drove this 15-passenger van the other day. It's great. But we need uh, help in a lot of other ways. And one of the things that we, we really love help with, I mentioned this two weeks ago, is, is transportation after the event. Many women come to the event um, by bus or by walking, and if they win a, a, a car seat or a stroller car seat combo, or they win a diaper bag and, and some child, like they win some big things, they could, or they leave, everyone leaves with something. And so it's really hard to take those things on the bus. And so we're looking for people who are willing to offer rides to some of these moms and their families um, on their way home. Now, this is why I think this is an especially good place for us to volunteer more than setting up chairs or even sitting at the registration table. Because getting someone into your car and going on a five to 10 minute car ride is, uh, is, is kind of beautiful in a sense. It, it breaks through a lot of barriers and you have this opportunity to actually have potentially a conversation with someone. So he, here's why I say that. You know, we talk about how we want our local missions to be relational and I, tip, I typically get head nods. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's how it should, we should all be about relationships. Then I say, hey, sign up to give people rides and people are like, well, I mean, like, I think it should be relational, but like for other people, like not me, like I don't want to be relational with people and like have someone in my car. Um, that's for someone else to do. So I really want to challenge you to step out of your comfort zone. Now, now we've heard some feedback and we're like, well, I don't know if I feel safe doing it by myself or, you know, things like that. So we've, we've made it super easy to sign up. I have a really simple website. Go to the next slide, centralcity.co slash transport. Here's the thing. It's our own form. So it's not even the sign up form. You just sign up. And if you go there, it's really simple. You put your name, your email address, and then it has three options. You say, I'm willing to drive. I'm willing to ride along with somebody. I'm willing for someone to ride along with me. And what that means is we're going to pair you up. So you don't have to do this by yourself. So this is why this is so great. If you're willing to do this and you're willing to drive, you're willing to ride with somebody and give a family a ride, um, and uh, then you not only will get to meet some families in our city, um, but you get to meet someone maybe from church. So now I know that that's a huge ask for a lot of people, but um, it's... Uh, uh, it's not nearly as much as what Jesus asks of you, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize too much for it. But I do challenge you right now. If you have your phones, pull your phone out right now, even, 
And if you need to not pay attention to the rest of the sermon as you wrestle with this, that's fine because we don't want to be a church that just gathers. We want a church that's actually investing in people. And this could be a, a good opportunity for you. So I challenge you, go to the website, sign up. We'll match you with somebody. Um, it also asks how many people you can fit in your car, et cetera. It's going to be a great opportunity. It's this Sunday and the ride's home. I think it ends at four. And so ride's home will probably start sometime after. No, I think it ends at three. It's sometime in the afternoon, but we'll get you all the details. You'll probably need to be available sometime between like 233 and 4 or 5, but we can get you the more specific. So that's that. We'd love for you to be a part of any of these uh, initiatives. Um, there's lots of opportunities for uh, serving or leadership. So please reach out to me if you want to get coffee, if you have questions, or you want to volunteer, or you're like, man, I really want to be a part of this. Um, hey, I'd really love to be a part of Avondale Conversation, or I'd love to be a part of um, uh, the Hello Neighbor or Celebrate One. Just let me know, and we will work really hard to get you plugged in. So with that, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll get into our series, okay? And we'll just spend the rest of our time, we got about halfway there, um, talking about good questions, okay? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunities you've given us to help those in need, for the assets that you've brought along, for the doors you've opened, and for the chances we've had to serve the least of these. Lord, we help us continue to be a church that's deeply concerned with issues of justice. Help us to serve um, without seeking recognition, without pride. Help us to just really love and get to know our neighbors. In your name, amen. Is Jesus real to me? Am I enjoying prayer? Am I enjoying prayer? Do I insist upon doing something about, about which, which my, my conscience is uneasy? Did the Bible live in me today? Did the Bible live in me today? Did I disobey God in anything? Do I disobey God in anything? Not in anything. Do I pray about the money I spend? Do I pray about the money I spend? Do I give time for the Bible to speak to me every day? Every day? Every day? Today is an exciting day. We're, we are starting a new series, and it's one that I, I really believe God is going to use to help uh, some people here uh, grow in their faith. I mentioned earlier we are a United Methodist Church. That means a lot of things, um, but uh, one of the things that I think is most significant about that is that we track all our roots all the way back to the work of John Wesley in the uh, United Kingdom in England, um, along with all the Wesleyan traditions. And John Wesley was an Anglican priest who later in life kind of had this spiritual awakening. He says, my heart was strangely warmed, and he got really excited about his faith, and it began to spread. Other people began to also get really excited and committed about their faith, and uh, the people began to grow in their faith. And it started, though, with John's closest friends. So uh, John's younger brother, Charles, uh, was uh, in uh, college at the time, and um, he and his friends, Charlie and his friends, wanted to uh, decided they want to take their faith more seriously. And so they went to John, his big brother, who was, you know, a pastor at the time, a priest technically, but pastor. And they asked him, hey, would you help us grow in our faith? 
So John, in turn, began to develop a set of questions. Not just questions, but a, a set of routines. Uh, this is what it looks like to grow in your faith. You do these things, and the likelihood that you're growing your faith is, is really good. It's very systematic, a very rig- rigorous routine. But he came up with these set of questions as part of that. And he suggested that if you gather regularly, and if you serve the poor, and if you engage in discipleship questions like these, then you're going to grow in your faith. And they, they did. They started engaging in this process, and they began to ask questions like the ones you heard and others, and things, God just began to move in their life. And, but they kept to the routine so religiously that, that um, they had their, their, their sort of set of methods that people began to make fun of them and call them Methodist. And the name um, stuck, if you, know, if, if, you, if you didn't pick up on that. Um, but uh, their method wasn't more than just having honest conversations about their relationships, their relationship with God, their relationship with themselves, and their relationship with others. They asked uh, some really basic questions. Um, in fact, all 21 uh, questions with, uh, are, are with you right now. They're on the back of the update, and you can read them. Um, and we divided them into three groups, relationship with God, relationship with self, relationship with others. There is a typo. We're going to we're gonna engage in these conversations uh, uh, weekly. Um, we're not going to do the last two the same week. That, that was totally my mistake. I just copy and pasted and... Um, no one's ever done that before. So uh, this week, we're going to look at questions related to our relationship with God, and then next week, the week after that, relationship with self, and then relationship with others. Um, 21 questions over 21 days. And today, I want to talk specifically about our relationship with um, God. Things like, is Jesus real to me? Am I enjoying prayer? Did I allow the Bible to live in me? In short, I, I think I would summarize this question really simply. I would put it like this. How are you and God doing? I feel like whenever I meet with an uh, older and wiser couple and they know me and Alyssa are working together and move to a new city and plant a church, like this is the question we get, like, hey, how, how are you guys doing? And depending on the day, we'll determine the answer. But that, that's the question I think we're asking with this. It's like, okay, how are you and God doing? Are you okay? Is your relationship with God okay? Is it good? Is it struggling? Do you feel like God's there, not there? How... Like, seriously, I mean, this is a hypothetical question. I, I want you to actually, like, this is the, these are the types of, how are you and God doing? I want to challenge you today and suggest that this might be the most important question you can ask. We were created to know God. And this is in our DNA, to be in relationship with God. So it doesn't matter how good your life is or how bad it is, whether you're having fun or you're suffering, whether you're struggling or things are going well, if, you, if things aren't going well with God, if you don't have that relationship with God, you're missing out because that's the way we were wired. And if we don't stay connected with God, we, we tend to just begin to wither and die. This is how Jesus says it in, in, in the book of John, um, the gospel of John. Jesus is talking here. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. So if you don't, if like, if you don't stay connected to me, I'm going to be like a branch that you cut off, and it's really only good for firewood at that point. Unless it's really straight, then you, walking stick, maybe. But otherwise, firewood. That's all it's good for. So we have this uh, tree in our front yard. 
uh, that's become completely overgrown by uh, vines. It's so overgrown, I was a little worried about the tree, and also it's kind of ugly. Um, so I went to Facebook and Instagram. I said, hey, how do I uh, take care of these vines on this tree? And the answer was a lot simpler than I thought, and I felt so stupid for even asking. It was like, yeah, you just cut the vines at the bottom, and then the rest of the vines, the rest of the tree die, right? I mean, duh. Like, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. So um, for some reason, I wasn't sure if that's how you did it. And th- it turns out that's how you do it. And so I went out there, and I, I uh, didn't have uh, uh, lobbers at the time, so I actually just took, like, a, a makeshift axe. I won't get into the details, and just whacked at it. And I, I cut the uh, – we've got another photo here. Um, I cut the uh, vine uh, down at the bottom. So, I, I, you know, I severed, I severed them. And uh, I waited, and I waited. And for a while, the, the, the vines just stayed green, like weeks, it felt like. Um, but then I started to notice a change. The vines begin to die. This is what it looks like uh, yesterday. And you can see how the vines have just completely, you cut off the vines from their source of life and it's only a matter of time before they wither and die. So I wonder if there's anyone here who feels a little bit like that, maybe? Someone here who feels like they've maybe begun to wither up a little bit, something in your life is missing or something feels off or something doesn't seem right and you're searching for something. If that's you, if you can relate to vines like this, um, you're not alone. I've been there so many times. And I've found that um, it has everything to do with whether I've stayed connected to my roots, to my roots, which is God, the source of life, the one being I was created to know. Jesus said, the one I'm supposed to be connected to, he says, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. If you want to have all the benefits of branches, like all the benefits of branches, you know, fruit or leaves or life, if you want to have all those benefits, you have to stay connected to the base. And if you don't stay connected to the base, if you get severed from the base, you will wither up and die. The same is true for life. If you want to have all the benefits of life, you know, joy and peace and patience and kindness, the really good things in life, if you want to have that kind of life and have life to the fullest, if you want to be the best kind of person that you can be, you have to stay connected to the very source of life. If you don't, if you sever that connection, you might be able to hold on for a while, but eventually you will wither up and you will die. Your soul will lose its strength and you will, you will seem like you never have enough patience or never have enough kindness or never have enough peace or never have enough self-control because these are the fruits of being connected to God. In other words, the most important thing about your life is the time you spend with God. The most important thing on your calendar is the time you spend with God. So I ask you, do you put it on your calendar? I have, I have everything on my calendar. I have everything I'm doing, the church is doing, Avondale, Alyssa, our staff, my family, Facebook events. Um, my calendar looks like this. This is a particularly um, uh, sparse week. I'm not doing a lot this week, so um, pretty easy. And you know what's not on my calendar? Time with God. I wonder what that says about my priorities. In fact, this is what I think happens. Um, when we get busy and life happens and we've got kids and work and all this sort of stuff, we're like, you know, I need to trim a little bit out of my calendar, right? Because things can get a little busy. And, and so one of the things we cut, one of the things I think we're most likely to cut is uh, time with God, right? Like, I just don't have time this morning. So instead of taking time to pray or to read the Bible, I'm like, well, I could sleep, you know, five minutes longer, <laughs> 10 minutes longer, so I don't have to get up until the, until the babies get up. I'm there every day, guys. I'm right. Uh, this is. And so we're just like, well, I'll just cut it a little bit out of there. And then like, like you know, like um, work. 
work really, like, I'd rather just focus on my paycheck, on the job in front of me. I don't want to do this as if I'm doing it unto the Lord or give God glory. So I'm just like, work, that's not my spiritual time with God. That's just work. Now, maybe I like it, maybe I don't. And so we're like, well, I'll just cut God out of that little area there. And then, you know, like, time um, uh, doing the dishes. Like, oh, I could really, like, be praying during this time, praying for my kids, but instead I'm going to worry about my bills I can't afford, so I'm going to cut God out of that area of my life. And, um, you know, I'm on a run or I'm riding my bike, and I could really spend that time reciting scripture I've memorized because I got up earlier that day or, or whatever. And, and, but instead, you're going to, you know, you got to think about that girl that you like or whatever the case may be, um, maybe some more bills. I feel like before you're married, it's girls and after it's bills. But anyways, <laughs> don't quote me on that. Um, and, uh, but here's, so we, we cut all of these different areas out of, like, in, in our mind, we're thinking, okay, I'm going to trim just a little bit of, like, this is just five minutes with God, and I'm just going to trim that back a little bit so I have time to sleep or to whatever. But here's, here's what Scripture's telling us. Scripture's saying, you trim that, you, the ways in which we connect to God, you are not trimming the branches up here. You are cutting it at its root. That's where you're cutting it. And then you're like, well, well, my life doesn't make sense anymore. Now, some of you are thinking, you're like, man, I'm doing my garden this week. That would have been really great. It was a really great shrub, or I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you. I just picked up the thing that looked nice. And you're like, that would have been, yeah, it was nice. Like, I want this, I want something like that. And now it's, I don't know what's going to happen to it. Will it be able to grow back? I don't know. Plant it and see. I will say, you know, this is serious. We, we, we can't just trim God out of our life and then expect us to still have life if God is the source of our life. Here's the thing, and it's not, and this is the point, it's really not that hard. We're not talking about rocket science. This isn't for super spiritual people. This is really easy stuff. This is how Paul said it in his, uh, one of his sermons to a group of people in Athens. He said it like this. He said, God did this. He's talking about how God created us. He said, God did this. God created us so that we, they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. In other words, he says, God created us so that we would seek him, reach out for him, and then find him. And he says, when you find him, you'll realize he wasn't really that far away. Like when we're not seeking and we're not reaching out, it, God can feel really far away. But, but, but once, you, once you seek and once you reach and you just take that tiny little change in your life, a little bit of shift in your attitude, a little bit of shift in your prayer life, and you're like, oh, you're telling me God was like, God's here right now? And he always was? Right here in our midst? It's as simple as that? We were created for this. We were created to seek out God. It's, it's in who we are to be drawn towards God if we just reach and we search. I think our relationship is often summarized by one of the famous paintings uh, of, on the Sistine Chapel. Very popular painting. It's been used over and over again in pop culture. I just saw another rendition of it recently. Um, but until you really look at it, you don't realize how profound this painting really is. I mean, check it out. Um, you see, this is one of those popular pieces that um, um, we see so many times we, we don't realize just how significant it is. Now, you got to get past the fact that, you know, God and Adam and Adam representing humanity, God and humanity are being represented by white men. Just get past that because there's actually something really profound happening here. Consider the posture of Adam. Consider the posture of God. How, how are they sitting 
who's reaching? Adam, of course, he's just like, he's lounging. He's hardly trying at all. He's just relaxed. He's almost indifferent, isn't he? God, on the other hand, has the entire company of heaven pushing him towards humanity. In fact, zoom in here uh, to, their, to their fingers. See, this is so fascinating, this brilliant painting, because God has his arm all the way stretched out, and all Adam has to do is, and he would touch God. Here, no, seriously, try it with me. Lift your hand out, just let it relax. Yeah, sound effect, that's good. Not very hard, is it? When I'm talking, this isn't complicated. God is far closer than you can imagine. And all you have to do is just, and you would touch the eternal God who's already in our midst. And yet, Adam, like many of us, we literally won't lift a finger. Just do it our tiny little part. That's what Paul's saying here. He's saying God is not so far from any of us. This is what it looks like to know God. God is always far closer than we think, and the smallest change in our life opens us up to that reality. One of these small changes is just shifting the way that we think, recognizing that God is actually amongst us. Taking one, two, five minutes a day to read the Bible, to pray, changing the way we run, the way we do dishes, the way we work, and just recognizing God's presence who's already there. That's as simple as that, just lifting a little finger, and you'll realize that God was closer than you ever thought. Back in 2008, a, a large church um, in America was growing and reaching a lot, of more, lot, lot of people, and so they wanted to see if they were actually effective, though, in making disciples, because they had a lot of people coming, but they weren't sure if they were actually making disciples. And so they did this really um, uh, sort of um, important study. It was called Reveal. And one of the questions they were wrestling with is, is if people came to church on a regular basis or engaged in church activities, you know, all of, like most churches have all these activities during the week, if, if people just came to church more often, would it, would it produce disciples? What they found is that not necessarily which is really interesting. Like coming to church, more church activities didn't actually help people in the long term uh, choose to follow Jesus. They found um, uh, that it was important for people early in the faith, but it didn't necessarily guarantee that they would be Christians for the life, for their life, for their whole life. This is how they worded it in the study. It said church activities do not predict or drive long-term spiritual growth. In other words, it was good for short-term spiritual growth, but it wasn't a predictor for whether it would produce long-term spiritual growth. More precisely, increasing church attendance and participation in organized ministry activities do not predict or drive spiritual growth. And then they say some other things, then we jump. But, but things like personal spiritual practices, including prayer and Bible reading, have far more influence later in the spiritual journey. Taking time on your own, outside of this community, to spend time on a personal relationship with God was the number one factor on whether someone was a Christian over the long term. They had a personal relationship with God. Because the reality is, is doing religious things doesn't mean that you're necessarily connected to the source of life. Connecting to the source of life is shifting our attitude and our hearts and our time to say, my relationship with God matters. Friends, that's the invitation we have during this series. Last series, during Psalms, we had daily devotions. And um, we did that, that series, and we're going to do it again this series. We might not continue it. It just depends. Um, but we're doing it now because we really want all of us to get into the habit of spending time with God every single day, engaging in authentic questions. 
one of our worship leaders was like, we should have called this series Tough Questions because these, these might be good questions, but they're hard. And, and that's good, reflecting on them. And here's the thing I want to say about the questions. As we engage in the questions on the back, we will have um, uh, daily devotions that line up with each one of these questions on our website. Um, you can go to our website to get those, as well as small group discussion guides if you want to engage in your, with your family or a small group. But here's the thing with these questions. We're not looking for right answers. That's not the point of the questions. It's not saying, you know, am I enjoying prayer and I feel obligated to say yes. No, it's about being honest. There's no right answer. It's just about being honest and then spending some time asking some questions. Why? Why am I enjoying prayer? Why am I not enjoying prayer? What's going on there? And just engaging in some reflection about what that says about your relationship with God and then next week with yourself and then ultimately with other people. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. But that's the invitation that we have for you guys. 21 days, 21 questions, a question for every day. This is intense because it's not just Monday through Friday. We're through Saturday and Sunday in there too because there's 21 questions and that's seven days a week. You can do the math. That's just, it's got to be Saturday and Sunday. Um, but that's the invitation, spending time every day for the next three weeks looking at these relationships in our life. Let's pray. God, we come before you and we are so grateful for the life that we have in you. We ask that you would help us continue to remain connected to you, that we not get bogged down with all of the feeling to do it a right way or to have the right answers, but we just come before you honestly and reach out, seek you, and find you, and recognize that you're actually here in our midst. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen.